for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. And now, it's time for Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. Welcome back to Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. We are your humble hosts. Hi, I'm Mike Sweeney, and you're Jesse Gaskell. We're writers on The Conan Show. We are, and we bring you behind the scenes of this historic late-night empire. Enterprise. <laughs> yes, spanning generations. It's like a dynasty. They'll talk about the, the Ming dynasty and the, the Conan dynasty. Exactly. And some great ceramics have come out of uh, the Conan <laughs> dynasty. I'm learning how to make ceramics. Is that true? Yeah, I've been taking a pottery wheel of class. Of course, man, you are always learning I'm new always, skills and I know. trades. I also have dye on my fingers right now. Can you see the pink dye? Oh, oh <laughs> God, I'm glad you explained that. I thought you were taking steroids or something. I didn't know what was going on with your red hands. I can't keep still for a moment because I will just get so depressed. Ceramics. Yes. I love it. Do you have a potter's wheel? I don't have a potter's wheel, but I've been going, actually, I can't anymore because they, we have to, they had to close with the safer at home, but right. I've been going to the pottery studio. It's actually called the pottery studio. Okay. <laughs> In East LA. Yeah. It's fun. It's hard. It's, I'm not, I'm not good at it. And I don't like that feeling. I haven't done anything like that since I think it was eighth grade or maybe freshman year in high school in art i was the guy who made things that would explode in the kiln and ruin everyone else's oh wow <laughs> it's like well you got a bit of mike sweeney and all of your all of your items now you're welcome if you're still with us what we'd like to introduce the show now oh yeah Ruthie Wyatt, she's a uh, an office mainstay at the Conan show. She is. She's really the queen of Team Coco. She is. She's, well, let her tell you what her title is. <laughs> <laughs> Here's our interview with Ruthie Wyatt. We're here with our friend, friend to all, Ruthie Wyatt. Hi, Ruthie. Hi. <laughs> We're actually good friends in real life. Yeah. And I realize I don't know what the title of your job is. <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy because that means we're <laughs> real friends. <laughs> like when you're real friends, it doesn't matter what you actually do. It doesn't matter what your credits are. Right. Yeah. Okay. Tell us what your actual job at Team Coco is. Well, my actual title is head of production and live events. You've been with Team Coco for 10 years now? Yeah, in October, it had been 10 years. Wow. I started like the uh, month before the TBS show started in 2010. 
Wow. So you've really been with it for the entire run. What were your duties initially? Well, initially I was the digital coordinator. I was working at NBC, not on The Tonight Show, but at NBC before. And I was the executive assistant to the president of digital. But I knew I really wanted to work on The Tonight Show because I was up in like that Black Tower high rise right over The Tonight Show's studio with you guys. <laughs> okay, wait. So take us back. Okay, yeah. And by the way, Ruthie has like a mind, like a trap. So that's why we asked you to be on here because you really do have a memory of Literally everything that has gone on on the show Uh since it's been at TBS. That's why I made notes. I have a notepad. Uh Oh, Oh, yeah. We really want to know what's on your notepad. I know. So, and then didn't you initially interview to be someone's assistant? I did. So I was working at NBC at the Channel 4 News. That was my first job in in television. And I worked in the promo department. So all those like, tonight at 11, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Are the votes real? You know. (laughs) What's in your refrigerator? It could kill you. Yeah. I worked at the Channel 4 News, I, but I always wanted to work on a on a show. I always wanted to like either be a producer or a writer or be crea- like do something creative um, in addition to learning about promos. But that wasn't like my initial thing. And so a few years into working there, I used to apply for like all the jobs online and at, at NBC. And I applied for a job. This was when... Um, just as a context, Conan was still doing late night in New York City. And I worked at the the Burbank studios where, you know, they filmed The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. And there was a job for a PA at The Tonight Show. And like that was, you know, sort of at that time, maybe a step down from what I was already doing because I was a coordinator, all these silly little like <laughs> terms. But I was like, I don't care. I'm really I'm willing to do anything because I want to work on a on a show and I want to learn how a show works and all that. And and because I worked on that lot, I knew some of the people that worked on The Tonight Show and like also Access Hollywood shot there in Days of Our Lives. It was a very happening place in the mid-2000s. So I applied for a job that was called a PA at The Tonight Show. And I thought, I don't care. I will, I will do that to learn. And then I got a call from this guy who was HR and he said, hey, you know, we saw your, you applied for the PA job at The Tonight Show, but actually this job is, is a, a disguised job. It's not a production assistant job. It would actually be a personal assistant job. And it would actually be to Conan O'Brien when he takes over The Tonight Show next year. And I was like, huh? Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> and like, I'll stick with news promos. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. They're like, well, have you ever considered being, you know, like a personal assistant? And at the time I kind of was, I mean, I was a coordinator. So I was like an assistant to the vice president of promos and then also supported the the team. And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm- well, and now that you know what the assistant job entails, you were definitely qualified. <laughs> oh, I was going to say. <laughs> well, I was also just kind of like, I don't know if I want to keep going and being a personal assistant. I was like, you know, are there any jobs uh, like as a producer's assistant or a segment producer's assistant or a writer's assistant? Like I would really like to learn that. Not that I don't want to work directly with Conan, but at that time I was like, I don't really want to do the, and they were like, you know, um, like their, their producers come is out here and she's going to be interviewing. And then if you make it to the next round, then you'll interview with Conan and I was like, well, I never say no to an interview. You don't say no. Right. So I went over and I interviewed with a woman named Sarah Fedorovich, who uh-huh. is our line producer. And <laughs> and she was she was great and we had a lot of fun. And she was like, Okay. And I also like met with the HR person that 
that night. And then it was felt very much like a reality TV show. They were like, okay, so we're going to be considering everyone and we will call you this evening and let you know, like if you've advanced to the next round. And I was like, okay, like, (laughs) all right, like, am I going to get a rose? Like, (laughs) will I make it? And then they called me and told me, would like to have you come in tomorrow and meet with Conan and another producer. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, what am I going to wear? Because that was my one interview outfit. Uh (laughs) Like, I didn't have, you know, I was like 26 (laughs) years old or something. I didn't have multiple. Cue makeover montage. Yeah, right. Yeah, I wish. (laughs) Um, So I went back over. I'm sitting in the lobby of this office waiting to meet Conan. And there's a woman next to me. And we're kind of just being pleasantries and saying, hi, nice to meet you. I said, oh, don't you work over? I've seen you before. Don't you work over at the NBC Burbank lot? Oh, yeah, I do. Oh, I have seen you before. And we were like, oh, yeah, we've seen each other in the commissary over there. Oh, hey, yeah. Okay, well, you know, best of luck to you. You know, it's kind of like silly to be sitting like in an office space with other people who are going to interview for the same job. But you're like, you know, all right, good luck. And she was like, didn't you wear that yesterday? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that was Sona. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, wow, this is like a prequel episode of... Right? (laughs) Like we already know all the characters, but now we're going to go back and see them. I know. Before we knew them. (laughs) And then, you know, obviously Sona got that job. And... I'm so happy that she did because they're like, like, honestly, like, not. I want, I was like, I want to work on the Tonight Show. I'll take any job, you know, like that there, I'll do anything you guys want. I want, I want to work for Conan and this show. Um, and, but like, it's such a match made in heaven that, that Sona got that job because I would have failed miserably. Like I was so done being a personal assistant at that time. Right. I uh, ended up getting hired by the president of digital entertainment at NBC, a wonderful woman named Vivi Ziegler, who was fantastic and became a really great mentor for me. And she had worked at NBC for a long time and, and she loved Conan and Jeff. And she was always like, you know, if you come work for me, I will help you you know, what, whatever you want to do moving forward. And I, and she thought, if you want to work at The Tonight Show, maybe we could work with them and see if we could find something for you there after you've worked for me for a while. Okay, great, you know. And then and during that time, Sona and I became friends, which was awesome because now she was at Universal a lot also and, and I was there. And then, like, everything happened with The Tonight Show and I was like, well, great. Now I'm never going to work for Conan. But let's fast forward because you, so you work... Sorry, tell me your title again. You're yeah. the director of... <laughs> yes, we're real friends. I know. <laughs> I'm the head of production and live events for Team Coco. You also um, come with us on the travel shows, so that's yeah. where we've gotten to know you. But you have been like a real road dog for Conan because you've gotten to go on all of the stand-up tour that he did at the end of 2018, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And other like... Team Coco stand-up events throughout the country. Yeah. You're always on the go. I feel like I, you've got your away suitcase. It's all packed and ready to go at all times. It's true. <laughs> For those stand-up shows, do you go ahead of time and help kind of pick the theater and or... I will do location scouts. So we've done a lot of those for all the Team Coco houses. I work on those with J.P. Buck. J.P. and I have gone on... And other 
people from the team, several location scouts. Our last one that we did was we for was supposed to be for Comic-Con this year. There was kind of a bigger group of us because we were going to do another Team Coco house. Last year, we did one where we took over an entire restaurant and had three nights of shows and live podcasts. During Comic-Con in San Diego. During Comic-Con, yeah. Yeah, you guys really transform a space. Like, you've done this a, a bunch of years where you find a space and then you transform it into a comedy club. Yeah. Basically, where, like, I've seen before pictures and then <laughs> yeah. the after looks insane. It looks nothing like it. But. The wait staff's less friendly in the after shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first one we ever did at Comic-Con was like an old Thai restaurant. Right. So it was literally like, a, it was just like cement floors and drywall. And then we worked with TBS on that one and they brought in a whole crew and we redid the whole inside and made it like a cabaret club. Uh, yeah, you walked in and it was just beautiful backroom yeah. club with booths and it was amazing. And you always have cool details like a drink will have like a foam rendering of Conan's hair. Yeah, yeah. last year at Comic-Con we redid all of the menus and so we spent um like the ladies of digital and I were in you know like before Comic-Con as you guys know like you're just working nonstop like we would be in the office until like two in the morning preparing for Comic-Con because we were always doing multiple things like covering the Conan show at Spreckles Theater and then also producing this Team Coco House takeover of a of a space down there because everything's like for those who haven't been to Comic-Con, a lot of the restaurants transform into a hub for like Game of Thrones or, you know, yeah. whatever the big thing is. And so just a place for people to get free shit, basically. Yeah. You're always somehow at the center of it's like if if I find out there was a party in somebody's suite, uh. I know Ruthie was there <laughs> and I know she probably has pictures to document I, it. Would you pull I like do. all nighters down there or no? Oh, my God. Crazy. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Last year, I oversaw the loadout of Team Coco House and came. Oh, I'm literally yeah. coming back. Well, but you also have to bake in some of the like, you know, having fun too, because it is right. like adult summer camp. You're working your ass off, but you also are like, you have to also eat dinner. Right. Um, so last year I oversaw the loadout of Team Coco House and we wrapped it. So you're like a head roadie. Totally. A head roadie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's all I want to be. I came back in the hotel lobby, like with all my bags shuffling in at five in the morning. And Matt O'Brien is just walking with his suitcase down the aisle. And we make, he's like, oh, what boy. are you doing? And I was like, I just finished unloading Team Cocos. He's like, I'm literally leaving and getting on a plane right now. And I was like, yep, <laughs> I'm going to go sleep for like two hours before I wow. leave for the rest of the trip. But yeah, those, those trips are always pretty wild. Plus last year, Team Coco House stayed open until like midnight. So everybody from the show ended up coming there to hang out afterwards. From the the regular taping at the Spreckles, it would go hang out there at night after the comedy show. Yeah. Terrible things would happen. I mean, you got to keep the party going. <laughs> For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Let's talk about your involvement with Conan Without Borders. So how did you get involved initially in the travel shows? And what do you, what do, you do on the travel shows? Aaron Blair had always gone along as the digital representative, um, grabbing all that content. And then when... He's the guy from the live streams. Yes. Then when um, you guys decided to go to Mexico City, that was a different show, right? Because you were doing the, the studio show at Televisa and then... And then also the remotes out in the world. and Yes. Instead of coming back to L.A. to assemble everything we shot into a one show, we assembled everything while in Mexico City in one week and then showed that along with Conan writing, having a monologue, etc. Like basically doing his, the show he does in L.A. Yeah. in Mexico in Spanish, in Espanol. Yeah. For a crowd. In a studio down there. So it was much more ambitious. It was... So cool. You guys, uh, that was a, such an amazing, like, undertaking. <laughs> We're always looking for ways to give ourselves less time to put a show together. Yeah. So that was your first? That was my first one, yeah, because we took more people from the show, you know, like right. Britt Kahn and Aaron Gilman, like our some of our booking team came down there for it. Our lighting director, Rob Hume, came. Frank Smiley came on that trip. Sure. I got to come because it was just going to be a bigger endeavor, right? And we were going to... And also, we had really started focusing on Snapchat at the time, like Instagram stories. And that's... And I've always produced and made social content for the show. Yeah. And I kind of remember digital teams sort of would split up like, this is our Snapchat person. This is our Instagram person. This is our Facebook person. Right. And so like Blay would would host the Facebook Lives that we do from all those shows, which is always been really fun and, and giving people the, like the behind the scenes mm-hmm. yeah so I came along on that trip but that was my first one and um, I was so nervous you never ever seem nervous oh thanks that's a big compliment yeah oh, yeah. I felt nervous well I just wanted to do a good job it seemed like such a big deal to be you know to go along and be right I don't know I mean maybe this sounds like cheesy or something but I never like expect to be you know, uh, assigned to a project or travel anywhere, right. you know, sometimes you'll get like, oh, well, you're going to go on that. Well, I don't know. It's nice to be asked if you do like for all of the road shows, because it start like originally for the that first show to New York City in 2011, like there really wasn't a reason for me as the digital coordinator at that time to go on that trip. But right. oh, I pitched an idea to have at that time, you know, it was like Conan was 
back in New York and it was the TBS show had just really launched. And so I said, why don't we have a big like party for all the bloggers and all the, you know, reporters at that Mm -hmm. time, there was, uh, there were all covering Conan on TBS. Let's Mm -hmm. have a big party for them. And then JP Buck ended up having a stand-up show with the writers. Mm -hmm. Oh, this was really fun. We did. So we were like, why don't we dovetail this together and make it a writer's stand-up show at the Gotham Comedy Club in New York and then downstairs in their basement have a party afterwards for like all of those blogs. At the time, like Gawker was still like, it was a huge thing. And we invited all these people from from like Huffington Post and Gawker and all that stuff. And you know what's funny about that was JP booked a host for that stand-up show and it was Amy Schumer. And she sat with me and my intern in the back and we like ate pizza. And then she'd be like, okay, got to go up. All right, give it up, guys, for Todd Levin. Next up is Dan Cronin. (laughs) (laughs) It was so fun. And then we had a big party afterwards. And like I, you know, like produced that party. And that was the reason I got to go. Yeah, you're a party producer. That's really like... Yeah. I love it. I love parties. Head of party production. And then I went on the last, you know, pretty much all the last travel shows that have happened. Um, After Mexico, right. What's been your favorite country that we've gone to? Oh, my God. I love all of them so much. They're Um, not listening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you always do a really good job of making friends with like, because we always have a local crew and a local fixer. And Ruthie always falls in love. I do. She always has a crush. I have a crush by like day one, day one or day two. I'm usually have a crush on like the security guard or. Oh, it's always someone you would not expect. And then it's like, oh, of course, Ruthie has a crush on that. (laughs) Yes. I always, I always get a big crush. And I always love, I love our crew. I love them so, I love our crew and I love the people that we work with in those countries. Yes, our crew's great. And then all the the local fixers always turn out to be delightful people that it's like, you know, we're all crying at the end. Like, I'm going to miss you. Okay, when you ask my favorite country, it's really hard to have a favorite country, right? I mean, do you guys have a favorite country? We knew you were just putting it off, just declaring a favorite country. No, because I really do. Like, I mean, Ghana was so incredible. I never thought in my entire life, like, I am middle class gal from a (laughs) two bedroom house in Santa Clarita with not a lot, you know, like there wasn't, we didn't know fancy people, like, you know, nothing like that. And then here we are, like, in Africa. I never thought in my life I would go to Africa on a work trip let alone the kind of amazing adventures that we have, yeah. you know? So it's hard to pick. But um, Do you have any favorite uh, memories just from hanging out, like, a- after hours? I swam in the Mediterranean Sea with our crew at, like, 3 in the morning in Tel Aviv with, <laughs> with, with Seth, our uh, DP, and James, our camera, and, and Munoz, audio. We all <laughs> swam in the Mediterranean Sea at, like, 3 in the morning. I'm so glad you all survived that. <laughs> It was really, really fun. That one was like the first like big international trip that I was going on because Mexico City, you know, that was too, but it was like a three and a half hour flight. Israel was the first time I ever took a long distance, like 14 hour flight like that. Mm -hmm. So I remember we show up and then Blay and I are always like hit the ground running, you know, because like for social media, we're covering all the you behind the scenes. You often have to film Conan getting off the plane. Getting off the plane. Stuff. Yeah. At LAX, you Even guys on the are plane. shooting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And on the plane. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. There's always stories happening. And- you guys, I have to say, work so hard on these travel shows. It's, yeah, when we're not shooting the show, that's also time for you to be on and doing all the behind the and scenes Doing behind stuff. the scenes. Yeah. Plus you're recording 
Conan when he's shooting and stuff. So it's yeah, it's a nonstop job. Plus, Conan's always having to do a podcast or something. I mean, there's a right. million. Oh things yeah, he's they recorded a podcast on the plane home from Australia. Blay and and Conan had to like record ads. So we went over to like yeah. this little section that had a little lounge area on that plane, and the two of them, I shot photos and social media of them mm. <laughs> recording on the. <laughs> On the plane. It was so. Um, well, Ruthie, do you have any favorite memories from? Because we we haven't even really talked about the stand up tour. Oh my god, that yeah. was so fun. <laughs> do, do you have any stand up memories from that? Well, one I remember, that Sweeney, you came over and you were like, <laughs> you were like, I forget what it was. We were like, yes, yeah, Sweeney was on most of that tour as well, right? I was. Well, that was just so fun. It felt like. I always wanted to be in a band, but I can't sing or play any instruments. And that really felt problem. like we were yeah, <laughs> we were kind of a band. And also we had legend Gus Brandt uh, as the tour director for that. Who, Yeah, the tour producer. He's amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. And he's, he's the Foo Fighters tour. He's a big Ooh. rock band travel manager. And so... He slums it by coming with us. Yeah, he and was like... He's, he's amazing. He really is. So I, but I remember like, I don't know what, we were like going over some stuff with you, Sweeney, and you were like, it's approved. Like a tour Sweeney doesn't care. Like sounds good. Like you were like, we were like, what about this caption? What do you think about this? You're like, yep, approved. Sounds good. (laughs) I was a little less anal on that tour. No, no. I I was. was, Well, it was, I don't know. It was, it was like a a new thing that we were doing and it was fun. And yeah. Everything's approved. Everything's approved. It was liberating for me. Oh, well, on that tour, that's where you met your current podcast partner, Rory Scovel. Had you right. met before that or? We had met before that. We had, um, you know, I had produced some like behind the scenes content with him at the Conan show. We had met that way. And then okay. by the time of that tour, we had been doing the monthly shows, Moses and Friends at mm-hmm. the Dynasty Typewriter in LA. And Rory had been on that a few times. So we, we definitely, he's so personable. We'd like hang out and chat. And then yeah. he came on that first leg of the Conan and Friends tour. Right. He's like you. He's a big connector and, and loves to have a great time. Yeah. I could see why you two would be fast friends. Yeah. We all played craps in Atlantic City. <laughs> Yeah, I had to miss. I, I had to go to a wedding. I missed that. Right, I was so upset. Oh, right. Yeah, you missed because then yeah. Gemma and I went and played blackjack with Jeff Ross. Oh boy, <laughs> right. He taught us how to play blackjack. Yeah, that was great. Ta- I mean, you know, showed us the tricks. Let it ride. Let it ride. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ruthie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing some of your photographic memory with us. Thanks, guys. We always like to ask our guests if you have a piece of advice. Well, I write things down. Stay in touch with people, you know? Mm-hmm. Also, don't make any assumptions. Don't make any assumptions. Right. That's just a life rule. Yeah. That is a good rule. We were just talking about how you're going to try to put together some sort of written history of the Conan show at TBS. Oh, yeah, I would love to. I told Aaron Gilman, our fabulous talent coordinator, we need to sit down and go over like all the behind the scenes of all the talent, all the celebs who've come through and then all the it's such a show within a show, right? right? Like that's the you could do an oral history. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that would be <laughs> that would, that be, would be great. So fun. I love it. Look forward to a 487 hour oral history of the <laughs> oh, Conan show. The first week. 
Yeah, yeah. The first, yeah, the first, then uh, 2011. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my Ruthie, God. thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you guys. And everybody listen to Dads. You can hear Ruthie on Dads. Dads with, with Rory Scovel. You two are great together. I like to say it's with Ruthie Wyatt and then featuring Rory Scovel. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm totally cool Aww. with that. Totally okay. cool. You guys are the best. And I truly wish we could have done this in person. I can't wait till we can. Me too. Yeah, I love you guys. Uh, okay, that was Ruthie. That was Ruthie. And we have a fan question. This is great. Okay. Hi, Mike and Jesse. In 2010, Conan did a bit in which he dumped toilet paper, laundry, and marshmallows out his office window into Mike's white BMW convertible that was parked under Conan's office window. Assuming this was really Mike's car, did Mike know this was going to happen? If not, what was his reaction? Finally, in bits like this where a mess is made, who has the responsibility to clean up? Thanks so much, Nick. <laughs> There's a lot of questions there. <laughs> about wow, we're going to really take you behind the curtain on this. A one-minute bit, bit. From, I looked it up. It was, it was 10 years ago. It was before the TBS show started, which... Oh, wow. So it was a web only? Yeah, our engineer Will pointed out because he worked on it. He was one of the cameramen for that bit. Sadly, that was my car. Everyone made fun <laughs> of that white BMW. They called it the Barbie Mobile. And uh, I, I I love it because you got that right when you had moved out to LA, right? I needed a car right away and I went and leased that car. And you went to the Sunset Strip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did know about it in advance. They said, hey, can we throw shit in your car? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> so, well, you need the keys. And um, Were you hoping they would ruin it and you could I get was hoping that. a new car uh, for yes. free? I was disappointed it was only marshmallow size. <laughs> who cleaned it up? I wonder who did clean it up. Hmm. I'm sure I found a few errant marshmallows. <laughs> but that's kind of normal for having a car over a year. Yeah, if you look under the seat, you can relive the, the past year in its entirety. So <laughs> We've used Conan's old car a lot, his Ford Taurus, which he still has. Yeah. I think it was in the Warner Brothers parking garage for years because <laughs> you literally <laughs> couldn't drive it. And, and I was just like, well, where are we going to tow it to? Just if they're not badgering us to take it out of there, let's just leave it there. <laughs> there have been bits. There is a bit, I think, that Todd Levin pitched to customize Conan's car, like go to one of those big LA yeah. car customizing places. Make it a lowrider. Yeah, exactly. And and we were going to just really, you know, deck it out. And we came close a few times to doing it. And when it was time to pull the trigger, I think Conan was always just like, uh, no. Oh, he's sentimental about he's it. He's sentimental about that oh. car. And then, or I don't know, maybe he thinks the Smithsonian's going to want it. I don't know, but he ah. did not. <laughs> when push came to shove, he'd be like, ah, he'd step away from the abyss. Well, thanks, Nick, for writing in. Yes, Nick. There's only a few episodes left in season two, so if anyone has questions, go back through our archives and find a bit and ask a question about something very specific in it, because we will answer it. Yes, and we'll go off and talk about something else as well. Yeah. <laughs> so send your questions to insideconanpod at gmail.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 323-209-5303. Okay, thanks, everybody. Stay safe out there. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week. We like you. 
Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, is hosted by Mike Sweeney and me, Jesse Gaskell. Produced by Jen Samples. Engineered and mixed by Will Becton. Supervising producers are Kevin Bartelt and Aaron Blayart. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Thanks to Jimmy Vivino for our theme music and interstitials. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And of course, please subscribe and tell a friend to listen to Inside Conan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you like best. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.